thank goodness uh, for a team that uh, works behind the scenes uh, effortlessly. I think we've got a better line for Nongkosi. Let's try this one more time as we speak entrepreneurship. Uh, Nongkosi, good evening. Good evening, Mantuli and the listeners. Sorry for that. I think it's the lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's good that at least uh, Brabenzito was able to reconnect us together. It is uh, a Global Entrepreneurship Week this week. What does this mean? Because uh, yo, there's so many weeks and uh, days that are celebrated <laughs> worldwide, um, but we don't really see much of the impact. So what is the impact of the Global Entrepreneurship Week? I must tell you, Manduli, this is one month because generally it's the November is regarded as Entrepreneurship Month globally. And then within it, there, there will then be a week where there is um, a, a global entrepreneurship week, which is more of an awareness about entrepreneurship globally to, to, to really highlight the importance of what entrepreneurship does in the nations of the world and to encourage countries as well to really nurture the spirit of entrepreneurship and assist entrepreneurs all across because these are some of the most important people if i may say who really makes the world go around in terms of bringing new ideas creating jobs starting new businesses establishing and growing businesses and establishing businesses to sell them, really creating money and wealth and uh, making sure that a lot of people are employed. This is why this week is so important, Mantuli. So what has been done within the entrepreneurial spaces? I mean, there's um, chambers of commerce and the likes all over South Africa. Has anything been done to uh, celebrate this week or to mark this week? I must be honest with you. Um, I, entrepreneurship is my specialty, as you know, and I'm, I've been so much passionate about it for two decades, literally. And I, 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 I I, I tend not to see a lot of hype that we need to create when it comes to this topic every year. There are companies, you know, fine in between that would be driving entrepreneurship uh, week and sort of like highlighting its importance, uh, mainly your big corporates, because this is uh, companies who may be more aware. But generally, I would be expecting that, you know, uh, radio stations and everywhere else, TV, they broadcast this importance. I mean, they, they, as you said, there are these weeks that are set aside for this and that. Other countries really celebrate this because it's about nurturing the spirit of entrepreneurship. I mean, Manduli, if you look at how, I mean, recently, just as, as, as of the 15th of November, we have reached a little over 8 billion people globally. But if you were to look at how many people are, are called entrepreneurs, people who create jobs for the rest of the people, they are less than 10%. They are about 582 million, which accounts for 7.2% of the global population. And these are people uh, who create all the jobs that the others need. So we need to sort of like push the numbers up and show that people are entrepreneurial, even those who are working in a setup like a, a company, they must be entrepreneurial, and we call them intrapreneurs because they are entrepreneurs within a system. They are able to be innovative 
and grow thereby and be able to be big within a corporate structure because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and start a business, but you can be very effective within a business environment. So when it comes to entrepreneurship, right, um, countries are categorized in a couple of, uh, into a couple of categories. Can you take us through these categories and where we fall as South African? Absolutely, Mantuli. Countries are classified into three categories, at least according to a global entrepreneurship report. Again, this is one report which is so crucial because uh, literally close to 50 countries participate in it and the numbers are growing. And this report has really become a benchmark for policymakers and people who are looking at how can they improve their status in terms of entrepreneurship in their respective countries and what are bottlenecks and challenges that they need to tackle. So therefore, this report uh, over years has come to classify in a scholarly way uh, these three uh, sort of like, uh, uh, you know, economies as number one being factor-driven economies. Factor-driven economies generally they are found, lots of them in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, these are economies which are where countries compete based on their factor endowments. That is, for instance, you, uh, a lot of unskilled labor as well as they've got massive amount of natural resources. So you'd say, you say uh, these are countries that have got your mines as well as relying mostly on mines as well as on your, on your, on your agricultural output. So they're called sector-driven economies. Then you'll move to the efficiency-driven economies. This is where in South Africa uh, we fall under. These are economies which are increasingly becoming competitive with more efficient production processes and increased product quality. These are countries that are really somewhere uh, moving up the trajectory of being uh, countries that are, are promising for being innovative-driven economies, and which means, therefore, the innovative-driven economies will be countries that are mostly developed, right? Uh, in this phase, you've got businesses uh, that are more knowledge and knowledge intensive, knowledge intensive, and the service sector in, that, in those particular countries expands a lot. And, and the main difference, that's really the main difference between these, these three countries. I mean, you're talking about your America, your Germany, etc. but within the space of efficiently driven economies, that would be Egypt, here in Africa, that would be South Africa, um, and many other countries uh, in, the, in the European world. Now, Nongosi, when it comes to uh, the ratings of entrepreneurial countries, uh, according to CEO World magazine, South Africa is in the middle-ish, you know, from yeah. the world's 100 most entrepreneurial countries. Uh, so we're sitting here at, what, number 48? Why is All this? Right. Um, why can we not push higher? Because our unemployment rate is so bad. And obviously there's inequality, and inequality opens up opportunity, doesn't it? Absolutely. It opens up lots of opportunities. Uh, you know, there is uh, maybe just to start off with the countries which you, you've said, you know, in terms of the ranking. It's, it's a ranking of about 100 companies. I mean, countries rather, sorry. And these are countries that uh, form over 95% of the global GDP. So it's really a sizable and, and a, a sample and a very significant one at that because you are talking serious countries who contribute immensely to the global wealth. So the, the first one there, in, for instance, I won't count all of them, but being the United States and Germany, United Kingdom, Israel, and you go all the way to United Arab Emirates. But you, you've just 
uh, hit something very important about our own country, South Africa. South Africa is sitting at number 48, which is in itself not very bad, but it's absolutely not good at all either because you are talking about a country which is endowed with lots of natural resources, a country that has that boasts a lot of good infrastructure, notwithstanding the current prevailing challenges, but it's a country that really has been on the growth path that was so promising, a country that would be even regarded as an entry point into the entire African continent. But it's a country that is fast losing its competitiveness. And and because if you look at Mantuli, what are the key factors that causes a country to be really uh, that good and, and to... To, to, to sit right up there with the top countries. It's your highly skilled workforce, right? It's your competitiveness of that country. It's a country that says we are open for business in the true sense of the word, and a country that is having easy access to capital for entrepreneurs. You and I always talk about this because this is not what this country currently is is offering, the easy access to capital for entrepreneurs, because we're talking entrepreneurship here. You know, I'm, I'm already in Durban trying to prepare for our, our conference next week, and we're having some rich discussions with entrepreneurs. Frustration, frustration, frustration is what they're experiencing. One of, of the entrepreneurs had an order of 100,000 shoes to supply, but the problem was just access to capital, even from the so-called developmental funding institutions. These are serious issues that entrepreneurs grapple with every day, as well as the risk-taking uh, appetite. Many of these countries who succeed, it's because people are prepared to take risks. And innovation, risk-taking, and creativity are some of the key tenets of what makes a good entrepreneur. Competitiveness, as well as good infrastructure. These are some of the real, real things that are so important as foundations for a successful entrepreneurial country. So clearly there's a lot that needs to be done uh, in terms of uh, policy and red tape, uh, uh, you know, point of view for entrepreneurs to be able to spread their wings and fly and uh, securing the lives of, um, or even the dreams maybe of entrepreneurs. Where should that start from? Are the chambers of commerce and other organizations such as yourself not being impactful or is there another force or body that needs to be employed here? Yeah, I I think we've got uh, good infrastructure. We've got institutional framework that I really think is very good. But I, I think some, uh, much of this uh, institutional framework that we, we have uh, tends to just want to serve, you know, your big business um, and, 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 and doesn't really cascade down to a level where you, you, you will have a, a competitor coming up and moving into the space. I'll just make an example, dude. In the airline industry, we know that that industry is highly competitive. It's cutthroat. And sharing with somebody a couple of days ago, I said, uh, when I started, you know, uh, using the plane 20 odd years ago, I, I, I paid 450 rands to Johannesburg, uh, or 24 or so years ago. And to come to think that we still pay about 600 rand just for a single flight from Devon to Joburg, that just tells you about how much cutthroat that business is and competitive it is. But if you if you then don't have enough players in it, you'll start having prices going up and therefore not having uh, enough competition so that you can really be able to moderate the prices. So that goes for uh, 
other sectors as well. If you talk about the banking sector, I think we've got 17 banks in this country, including those that are uh, domiciled here with international footprints, etc. But you've got your big four, your big five. And my question has always been, from our former president, Madiba, to uh, Zizimbeki, to Namalala, or Mshante, as well as to uh, Ubaba, Urabaposa, why are we not having four or five or ten commercial banks owned by black people in particular? Again, you look at the institutional framework of that structure. It's so monopolistic. And then that goes for other sectors of economy, which are so, like, like, highly protected and they, they seem not to be this force of breaking into some of that environment to allow for competition to come through. Uh, just one example again, you know, I, I, I study entrepreneurship globally and look at what is happening and, and, and all of that. I, I, I was looking with such keen interest at, uh, at your, your, your titans of online economy, which is now your, your Twitter, your Facebook, etc. And these are entities created by the United States of America, which are global, globally dominating. But the same uh, country is hauling those owners of those companies into their own legislature to, to, to debate with them and to challenge them to stop being monopolies so that they can be able to open up for new innovation. Because those people tend to be so powerful and close out everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Sure. So we still got a long way to go to ensure the success and growth of entrepreneurship in South Africa. We have a very, very long way to uh, to go. But I, 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 it, it, again, this needs, um, you know, will, political will, especially at the highest level, because, you know, um, when you want to succeed as a country, make the entrepreneurial ladies, make, make that country an entrepreneurial ecosystem. Let, let it be amenable and, and open for uh, people who are coming up with innovation. I mean, again, if you study the Global Entrepreneurship Report, that is now specifically for South Africa. You would, you would see, you'll start to see that we, we, we have got our own internal uh, challenges in South Africa, which makes entrepreneurship even more difficult. Uh, you would see men still being the ones that are more prone to starting businesses as opposed to women. Uh, all because of the struggles of the past that we still need to break into uh, and, 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 and sort of like create and care for ourselves a new role and a new, uh, you know, uh, paradigm. So you, you will have a lot of such issues which all together in totality contribute to why it becomes difficult for an entrepreneur to get into the space. So we really need to encourage entrepreneurship, what has at least been positive where I'm sitting, is to see universities beginning to teach about entrepreneurship. Even schools now, I think that's a positive. We see uh, the curriculum being inclusive of entrepreneurship even as a subject. I think we are on the right path. We just need to uh, sort of like push more on that. And private colleges, that's where you've got your people who are hands-on, who can create furniture, who can create shoes, who can create so many of the products that we are importing into this country so that we can do import substitution on some of the products just to cover out a certain percentage of 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 of, of those products will really boost the, the entire economy in this country 
if you look at it really uh, in terms of how the whole structure of economy is and what are we importing. So it's, it, it's where departments like your DTIC, for instance, should avail the data to say this is how much of the products that we import uh, into our country and therefore let's, that, let's, let's get into this space and make sure that we've got much of this product produced efficiently and, effect- efficiently and effectively. Nongosi, this conversation wouldn't be complete, especially given the fact that it's Global Entrepreneurship Week, if we did not speak about this three-year life cycle that is so prominent amongst uh, entrepreneurs that in three years or less, their businesses crumble. Why are we still facing this? What are the things that we can do as entrepreneurs to avoid it? Yeah. Look, in three years, it's very true. Their businesses crumble. And when you look at the, the percentages, I don't have them here um, of the cost, but the percentages in terms of how long uh, it takes for you when you start a business uh, to when it operates, we call it nascent entrepreneurs when they start. Because those entrepreneurs, uh, they, they can't even pay themselves a salary. They can't even uh, take care of, uh, of, of their basic needs, but their whole effort and, uh, and everything is poured into their businesses to make sure that we, we, we grow. And again, it is in that space where we need to make people understand the importance of entrepreneurship and being able to be supportive to people who are starting businesses at that level. You know, when you, when, you, when you talk small businesses in other countries, especially your innovative-driven countries, you, you are not talking a small business like mine, which has got maybe a couple of million rent turnover. You are talking as a business that is maybe making 50 million rent turnover. But here, we are talking at that level, we are talking small business. I think our small must become bigger so that we can assist to raise a lot of these businesses but importantly, there are a lot of, um, you know, uh, things one needs to understand when you are starting a business. It is not your, your, your short uh, gun approach. It's not, um, you know, something that you must understand that, you know, as soon as I start the business, I'm going to make money. You need tenacity. You need grit. You need that focus. You need that uh, 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 staying power to say, I am in here for a long haul. Again, it must be clear that when you are starting that business, you, you are starting something that is of a legacy or you are starting something as well that you're going to discontinue and sell because there are people who specialize in just starting a business and sell it to the next person. So th- there are a whole lot of things. The key thing for me is when you start a business, why are you starting it, right? And then after you've answered that question as to why you're starting the business, you are then going to know that there will be hills and valleys that you're going to have to traverse, but be tenacious and keep focusing on the higher goal, knowing that eventually you will succeed. There's a message here from uh, King St. Nazi, who's listening from Ivory Park in Midrand, says, I always ask myself this question. How are the European countries benefiting here in Africa by investing the billion pounds? Because I think rand is less than the pound or euro. How will I benefit if I invest in the Asian countries like Vietnam, Indonesia or Pakistan as an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, 
Look, that question is loaded, I think, because if you talk uh, foreign direct investment is what we need as as a country. But to be honest, um, I think we are too much uh, beholden to the FDI. It's my thesis. Uh, Such that we fail to um, harness our own power internally here. It's like uh, it's like what's happening now at the level of government, the treasury, where we are now going to all these international fund, financial institutions to get money into the country, and and therefore tying down the next generations into the debt that I don't know when are we ever going to finish. Whereas we've got enough resources, or at least more resources internally, to be able to borrow, knowing that we are borrowing from ourselves. So. It's the same thing that, you know, if I were to expand on that question, uh, when you have companies, organizations or countries from Europe in investing in South Africa, I think we, when we are failing to sort of like be efficient with our own processes and mentally, you know, your catalytic converters, your, your, your sort of like a, a gold um, processing, your diamond processing, how long have we been talking about beneficiation in our country, inside our country, and yet it's not happening uh, uh, firstly at the speed that it needs to happen. If it is happening, it is very small, somewhere in small pockets. So these are issues that I think, uh, that's why I said the question for me, the way I understand it is very pregnant because it talks to the entirety of how we need to turn the whole situation around in this country to get ourselves on the good path of entrepreneurship. Let's quickly go to this voice note. Good evening, uh, Nongo and uh, Nongos. You talk about a serious issue. We are facing a crisis as a country here in South Africa with regard to the um, unemployment and the business sector. Our economy is tumbling since um, 2017. And then the problem that we are facing here in South Africa is our education system which needs to be changed because our education system and um, it creates a sense of dependence, number one. Number two, uh, maybe we, we need to invest more to a technically, uh, in the technical sectors. Yeah. And then so, and put more our HDP there. So that's a problem that we are facing now. And um, thank you so much for the great show. I'm listening. Thank you, A-Teamer. Nongosi, because our time has run out, please give us your closing comments and uh, contact details where our A-Teamers can be in touch with Amanda Omnot. Thank you so much to our listeners as well. Very spot on uh, with that uh, comment. Uh, next week, 25-26, we are getting into our Amanda Omnot conference in Durban. We are on www.amandaomnoto.co.za or Amanda Omnoto on the Facebook page. We are always very active there. We interact with our listeners. Thank you so much, Minton. Thank you very much, Nongkosi. And on uh, the 25th and 26th of November, you have an event. It's an event, indeed. It's our closing year function of uh, Amanda Omnoto um, Entrepreneurship, Amanda Omnoto uh, Grand Economic Conference, where we have literally over... 400 entrepreneurs because of the venue normally we attract over a thousand but this time around about 400 entrepreneurs please people can register on our website that may let them go and register there uh, and, uh, and 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 get all the details regarding that excellent thank you Nongosi. always a great pleasure indeed Mandeli. thank you